the war came on, and of course that's what really made it possible for Pa to be successful in the store, and for me to go to Georgia Tech, I got to get back on that. I, instead of going to agricultural college, I, in this RA group in the Baptist Training Union, a buddy of mine was John Patterson, and he uh, was doing a radio correspondence course in this Radio Institute of Nation or something in Chicago. So he'd get a lesson every week or so, and when he'd finish the lesson, he'd mail it back in, and then they would send him parts of a radio, and over time, to, when he finished the course, he'd put together a radio. Well, John was doing that. Well, I was really impressed with that, you know, so I decided to do the same thing. So I started the radio correspondence course, and that's when I, I guess I'd have to credit that when they were getting me directed toward electrical engineering. Because working with that radio course, I learned a little about, you know, the electricity and all and the radio. And um, so anyway, from that, I, when I went to Georgia Tech, when I first thought about going to Georgia Tech, I was going to be a civil engineer. Because Pa, he had talked about civil engineering, you know, this civil engineering, that sounds real great. So I think I'll be a civil engineer. <laughs> Didn't know a thing about what it was. You know? Well, by the time I went through this radio thing and then I went to Georgia Tech, then I realized, you know, uh, I really wanted to be an electrical engineer. And in those days, uh, Georgia Tech and most engineering schools like that, electrical engineering had two, two main courses. One was... Uh, uh, radio engineering and one was power engineering. Well, I started out in radio and electronics engineering. And so I got my degree was actually specializing in electronic engineering, not in power engineering, although you had to take power courses and I learned something about power. Well, when I graduated and went to Westinghouse and got into Westinghouse and started looking around for a job, I found out that Electronic engineering in those days was a very small, some electronic tube panels, you know, and electric. But power engineering was really the big thing, you know. So I never, you know, I really, most of my career was really in power, you know. But what's the amazing thing about it is that my radio engineering at Georgia Tech, the transfer curves and functional curves of uh, tubes, electronic tubes, is really the same as transfer curves for solid state, so transistors and uh, uh, SCRs and thyrotrons and all of that, you know, uh, uh, solid state power devices now have the same characteristics as electronic tubes did then, so my basic education was worth something. <laughs> but now, how did I get well from that? Um, Anyway, um, back to the hardware store and Paul doing very well because of the war and all, but there was a restriction uh, uh, rationing on uh, what you could buy or sell. Paul, he decided to build a little house for us instead of renting a Williams house. So he built, I don't know where, did you ever see that on the road down toward Ellen's uh, below Donaldsonville, where Paul's house was, and all on the side of the road, there's a little brick house there, and they've torn it down since then. But uh, anyway, he uh, to conserve materials, it was a brick house, and so he 
you know, if you look at all the houses, the bricks are flat. He turned the bricks up edgewise to reduce the number of bricks required. And this house was built with the, the bricks. Uh, if you see the bricks on the outside, they're the side views of the bricks. So he turned them up edgewise, and then he plastered them in the inside. There was no walls or, you know, panel board or drywall or any of that. He just... They laid the bricks up, and then they cemented the insides to finish that off on the inside, and that was our inside wall. But anyway, Yagi designed the house to fit the furniture that we had. So each room was just laid out to where the doors and the windows were, to where the bed and the dresser and all would just go in that little, and that was a little, little bitty house. And I can't believe she even put a grand piano in the so-called living room, <laughs> which just about took up the living room. But anyway, that little house I lived in my last two years at, in Donaldsonville at home. And um, in, it, Pa owned uh, what's now the schoolhouse grounds and all the a big stretch of property south of town there. But also there was a field behind our house <laughs> And uh, so I bought an old horse uh, from the uh, horse and mule stable in town, and it was an old worn-out horse. But anyway, I uh, bought the horse and brought it to the house and built a little shed for it to stay in. But anyway, I plowed a garden. I had a garden that I used that horse and plowed the field of, the, of that horse. Well. I rode the horse bareback, but I was up the road one time and headed back to the house. And lo and behold, <clears throat> I pulled the horse rein to turn into the house. And I was going to go with it, but the horse kept going straight ahead. And off I went, <laughs> off, off the horse. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I, but another, uh, we had a little what we call sort of a storehouse, a tool shed behind the house. And I, I built a little loft in it, and I would crawl up in there, and I made model airplanes. You, you ever made model airplanes? This, you know, the glue and the little uh, uh, little bitty sticks and whatever, and cutting them and pasting them, whatever. So I made this, uh, I think it was a P-51 Spitfire model up and left it up in the loft and I went out one time to get back up to the work on it. Lo and behold a cat had gone up there and busted the thing open. 